Hello, my friend. You are listening to Tipod episode number 20. And today, I actually want to start this thing off with a kind of not-so-fun question. Have you ever experienced burnout? And I'm talking about the kind of burnout that causes one of those Netflix coma, like, mega marathons, right? Where we watch, like, 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy and just like tune out everything in our business because we are so mentally exhausted. Maybe that's just me. But today I feel so honored because we are joined by Madison Anaya and she's going to chat with us about how to sustainably chase after our biggest dreams by instilling critical elements that need to be put in place to keep us grounded throughout the process of growing these businesses and doing so with our whole and best selves. So Madison Anaya is a speaker, a writer, a conference host, a content strategist, and a community builder. I mean, come on, that's a lot of things. And she helps millennial women live with purpose, love their work, and make an impact. And most importantly, she helps them do it in a sustainable way that is going to improve their businesses, but also help them take care of themselves. Madison's the host of the Fearless Chase Community Podcast, which is full of resources and events for female creative entrepreneurs choosing to fearlessly chase after their biggest dreams. I'm telling y'all, if I could imagine who I would have the conversation about building a beautiful business but doing so sustainably, Madison would be my top person and lucky me, I got her on the show. So I am just so honored to be joined by Madison today and I can't wait for you guys to hear all of the goodness that she has to share with you about avoiding burnout and playing the long game. Are you ready for this? Let's dive in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Thai Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Thai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Thai. take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands-down favorite natural deodorant, and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. Alrighty, so first of all, I just want to say I am so happy to have you on today. Like, this is way overdue. Uh, so, Madison, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and just give us all the juicy details. 
Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. I feel so special. And <laughs> okay, do you want the like long version or the short version of kind of my backstory? Because I can do oh. a little of both. <laughs> Please give us the long version. I'm okay, sure. cool. So my name is Madison Anaya, and I am a content strategist for female millennial creative entrepreneurs. And I'm also the host of the Fearless Chase community, which we include in-person and online events and tools and resources for female creative entrepreneurs to really step into who they were made to be. But it didn't really start that way. In fact, it doesn't really make sense kind of where it started because my story goes back to when I first got married. And so that was a couple of years ago now, almost four years ago now and I got married to my middle school sweetheart. Uh, we were 14 when he asked me to be his girlfriend very awkwardly in the gym of our church and then said, cool, and then left. <laughs> so when we got married, you know, everyone tells you that your first year is going to be so hard and yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, like we've been together forever at this point because we were 21 when we got married. And I took it with a grain of salt, right? I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be kind of hard. Like, I don't really know how to make anything other than like hamburger helper and like, <laughs> like will I be able to make edible things or will we fight over like how we fold the towels or whatever, but I was not expecting what actually hit. So a couple of months after we got married, I ended up totaling my car, which is not a big deal unless you're 22 years old and you barely have that deductible in savings and you're newlyweds and just spent all your money on a wedding and a house. And then a couple months after that, we were sitting in a 600 square foot apartment that was set to 90 degrees with his entire family as we said our goodbyes to Alex's dad. My husband's name is Alex. After he lost his battle, to stage four colon cancer. And then a couple months after that, our home was flooding in Hurricane Harvey and I was trying to shovel water out of the floor in the kitchen into the kitchen sink because somehow I thought that that was going to work out. And we ended up walking through waist deep water with dogs on our shoulders, trying to get out of the neighborhood. We moved in with my parents for a couple months as we were getting everything back together and found out that my mother-in-law had cancer. And then as soon as we got moved back in around um, a couple months after that, I got a text that my parents were getting divorced. And oh. I just felt like, why? Why is this happening to me? Like, I know that people have it hard and I know that you're supposed to have like these life things that happen that you can't avoid, but why are they freaking happening back to back to back? And I honestly started feeling really sorry for myself. And I am not someone who likes to feel like a victim. I am someone who refuses to feel that way, but it was kind of inevitable until I got to the point where everyone around me was also saying the same things like you poor thing you can't catch a break and if it's not one thing it's another and I was like oh no 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 I refuse to be a victim in your eyes as well like I'm not going to be somebody's like charity case or you know whatever I wanted to succeed and I've always been a big dreamer I mean legit Ty like I wanted to be Lizzie McGuire like that was like my real <laughs> life dream as a child or Hannah Montana or something um and when I got to the point where you know I was in high school and I was speaking on stages at church and I always loved being on stage. I had this journal that I drew out this entire arena basically that I wanted to speak at. And all of that kind of got pushed to the wayside and just kept getting pushed further, further, further because real life. Well, I came across this video of this girl who was getting up at like 6 a.m. every morning and just spewing fire and like kicking me in my butt and reminding me that, you know, things may happen and they happen to everyone and you get to choose if they happen to you or for you. And you still have a purpose here and you still get to make the most out of your life because you only get this one chance. And that girl was Rachel Hollis. So 
I mean, at this point, she's pretty well known. (laughs) But at the time, she wasn't as well known. And that was like my lifeline. That was something that gave me hope. And I realized that I had something that I could actually have control over, even though my entire surroundings were absolutely 100% out of my control. And so I got all this excitement and whatever. And this random girl Instagram DM'd me that she got me a free ticket to rise in LA. And that sounded super fancy to a Houstonian girl who has never left Texas, really. And they were like, yeah, well, if you can get a ticket to LAX. And I was like, oh, this is a real Miley Cyrus song moment. Like I am (laughs) getting to go to this like women's conference that I didn't even know was a thing. Like I didn't know that women's conferences were even anything. Like I just thought, oh, that only happens at church. Um, And I love church. So nothing against that at all. But when I got there, I felt like like a little boy at his first NFL game when he's always wanted to be a football player. That's how I felt. Like I was so in awe and I think I was catching things that other people weren't. Like I was watching how the staff was working behind the scenes and I loved watching like their faces of how they were connecting. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever and this is what I want to do. And so naturally I left that and said, I'm quitting school and <laughs> starting a <laughs> podcast because that made so much sense um, to nobody but me. And so I finished out that semester. I was going to for communications and I had always felt like I was only going to school because it would make my friends parents proud of me and not even my own parents because they didn't really care if I went to college or not they just wanted me to have a good job and so I decided I'm going to pursue this whatever this is I wasn't even sure what it was and so I started this podcast called the fearless chase and I wanted to fearlessly chase after my biggest dreams and I didn't know how to do it so I wanted to interview people who had and see if there was any connecting lines or hear their stories or get some inspiration or get some resources or get some tools from them. Um, And I stumbled upon this girl named Michaela Quinn who taught people how to be a virtual assistant. And I had never even heard that term before, but I was at the time a social media coordinator at my corporate job and realized that people actually pay you to do that, like freelance. And I was like, what in the world? So I ended up uh, picking that up on the side hustling like crazy, leaving my full-time job within like three months and have just continually snowballed since of now we have thrown our first conference and we still have the podcast going and now we have courses and um, it's just been a really crazy fun ride and it's been very exciting, but it definitely started from a place that I don't think most people expect. You know, as long as I've known you at this point, I had no idea that you had a background <laughs> <in> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I didn't really – well, because I I weirdly gained clients so fast, which I know everyone's like rolling their eyes and like, oh, poor you. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. I'm just saying I had, so, I had such a full roster that I never really advertised it because I didn't have any more time to be able to take them on. And then when I realized that what my sweet spot in all of this was actually content strategy, I mean, I had people who had much – like well-established businesses and way further along than me asking me, what do I do in my business or what should I do? How do I connect to the people that I want to connect to and all these different things? And it made so like, it was something that was so innately, like I, I, I was so good at it, which sounds very weird to say out loud, but it was something that made sense to me. Um, and so I pivoted into just doing content strategy because I felt like that's how I could serve people the best. Oh, I love it. So give us a little bit more context Uh, And just in terms of, I know it seems super common and a lot of us know what you're talking about, but break it down for us. So what exactly does uh, supporting people with content strategy look like and how does it really serve their business? Yeah, no, I know it sounds like something that's so obvious, but I actually said that I was a content strategist at a meeting the other night and they said, Mm -hmm. what is a content strategist? And I said, I strategize your content. And they said, oh, totally. I get that. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what I love doing is doing like 
an audit of what's working, what's not. How can we create content that's actually going to connect with your dream clients, not just creating content for content's sake, because number one, that's exhausting. And number two, it's kind of pointless and a waste of time. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you don't have a whole lot of extra time to just be handing out, just producing random content and throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it'll stick. So we really look at who is your dream client. And I feel like that's something that people will miss because when they're saying, oh, I want to start a business, what's the first thing you do? You get a Pinterest board and you start pinning all the exciting, (laughs) fun, sexy things like the marketing and the branding and the colors and all of that. And you totally skip past who do you actually want to serve, narrow down to a very specific person so that you can choose marketing and branding and content that's going to actually connect with them so that you can actually reach the goals that you have. So what I like to do in my sessions that I do with my clients is I sit down with them and do a six week content calendar where they know exactly what to say, like on their social media, if they're building out a course, we'll decide what leads are going to actually translate. We'll make sure that that course is actually going to be serving the person that they want to serve. Um, Really just strategizing your content to convert. Yes, I love that. And I think uh, what really stands out to me there is just the fact that it's so audience driven. And it's so focused on who that dream client for you is, which I'm not going to lie. I was one of the people who definitely picked out my colors first. (laughs) Oh, girl, same. 100% same. And then I was like, I was pulling my hair out going like, why do I feel like nothing's ever working? Why do I feel like things aren't sticking? And then I was like, oh, I should probably actually look at who I really want to serve. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. This woman is speaking nothing but the truth, (laughs) y'all. So I, again, I've known you for some time, and I know one of the things that you speak a ton on is the importance of playing the long game. So can you let us in on what exactly you mean by that and just share all the goodness? I know you've got a lot of goodness here. Yeah. So in that span of those two years that were just kind of one thing after another, when I hit that point when I was like, all right, I am going to go all in on my dreams, but not just one, we're going to do them all. And so I was getting up at 5 a.m. and writing a book and taking on clients and starting a podcast and trying to figure out social media marketing and trying to do photo shoots and all of this. And then on top of that, decided, you know what? I will reward myself with all this hard work with a launch party for the podcast because that seemed like a reward at the time, which P.S. it's not. It's a lot of work. And so I was just burning myself into the ground. Seriously, like I remember I was at Starbucks and I had like, they were like 10 minutes to close and I had teardrops like hitting the keys in my laptop. Like I was so burnt out so frustrated. And it's because I wanted it so bad because I wanted to get out of a job that I didn't love and the circumstances that I couldn't control. And I didn't realize that there were these elements that I was skipping over. And I just, I, I thought that I could get there if I just hustled myself there. And Mm -hmm. there's kind of this anti-hustle movement right now, which you know, everyone has their own opinions on. For me, I don't think that hustling is bad, but I think that you have to learn how to sustainably do it. So if you are going to chase after your giant dreams, they're not going to happen tomorrow. And they're not going to happen probably even next year. The If they're giant enough, if they're, if they're like crazy audacious dreams, they're likely going to be far in the distance that you are going to continually have to put work in day after day without seeing results. And in order to do that sustainably, you have to have this long game mindset. And so for me, 
what that starts with is identity. You have to know who you are. And for me, because I'm very faith-based, whose you are, what you're going to root yourself in when the things like comparison come up, when the things like analysis paralysis and all these different things, and you're like, but mine's not as good as hers. And you start getting stuck in like this spiral effect. You have to remember, this is who I am. This is what I was put on this earth to do. This is this is the mission that I'm on. Then the second thing is you have to know your why. Like you have to know why you're doing this. And I feel like a broken record at this point because I'm so into personal growth that everyone's like, know your why, know your why. And you're like, everyone's like, no, we're <laughs> over it. We get it. We know the why. But do you actually know your why? Because if it's just this pretty painted picture, and don't get me wrong, I am very like, love things to be pretty and love things to be happy and bubbly and positive and whatever. But your why cannot just be this frilly, I want to save the world. I want to just help women. When you boil it all the way down, it's a deep why. It is a deep mm -hmm. reason. And for me, like I can say, yes, I want to help women step into who they were created to be 100%. And I do mean it. But at the very core of why I'm doing it the way that I am is because I refuse to let anyone tell me how I get to live this one life that I get. I'm not going to get stuck somewhere in a job that I feel like I don't love. I'm not going to, like, that's my biggest fear is feeling stuck and that I can't be used in the ways that I feel like I was created for. And so oh you have to be. Goodness. Yeah. I, I mean, love it's. That. I've got to stop <laughs> like that. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that's such a deep why too. It is. And it's, it's what drives me because if I were to say like, oh, I want to throw this conference, which PS I decided. So I left my job last year, uh, February 1st. Then I took KBB with Tiana, um, in May and then threw my first event by October. I, when I left my job in February, I had no intention of throwing an event, but knowing me and deciding to just kind of jump for things like I did with changing my hair color so many times in high school, which was a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went for it anyways. And that was so much freaking hard work because I didn't have a team. I mean, I had some volunteers that I kind of rounded up and whatever, but mainly for the day of, I was every single hat. I was the keynote. I was grabbing all the speakers. I was reaching out for sponsors and actually designing the handout and designing all these different things and getting them printed. I did way too much. And if I would have done that just so that I could say, well, if it's, if it just helps one person, well, what if I don't see that one person, then am I going to mm -hmm. think that this was all for nothing? Like I love the heart behind when people say, if this just changes one life, I love that. However, you have to be continually putting out waves, even when you don't know where they're hitting, because that's your purpose. Like you, you can't just wait for the validation of somebody else. It has to come from deep within. And so for me, I was throwing this conference because I wanted to make a difference and I didn't want anybody to tell me how I could or if I could. And so yeah. it's like, you know, you have to focus on knowing who you are. And ultimately that also goes down to your why. And then the third thing is, is you have to create some sort of game plan. And this is where everyone gets stuck because they say, I know where I'm at. And I know where I'm going, but I have zero clue how to get there. And they want to know every single step before they even take one step forward. And I remember whenever I was first starting out, um, I had just come back from that Rise conference and I was all on fire um, and I was so excited. You know how they do whenever you come back from a conference and you're like, I'm changing everything and we're getting up at 5 a.m. and jogging and all the, all the things, right? You, you drank the oh, Kool-Aid. Yeah. And so I was at that point and I was jumping on Instagram stories and I, I couldn't let it be like it, I had to push past it being perfect. And I remember still like, oh girl, 
Tiana, I cringe so hard when I look back at my old Instagram stories. I even cringe when I listen back to my old um, podcast episodes because <laughs> it wasn't perfect. And you can tell, like, I'm just so green at it. I'm so new and nervous and awkward. But if I had let that hold me back, I wouldn't be where I am now. And it's the same going forward. I'm like, man, you know, I'm building a team now. And I'm like, I'm so scared of making the wrong mistake as a leader that I kind of get this analysis paralysis, but I told my friends today, I was like, I know the only way to get through this is to fail. And I just, my pride does not want that right now, (laughs) but that's the case. And so when people are trying to create this game plan, they're like, I want to know all the steps because I don't want to fail. Well, guess what? That's the only way through. In fact, it's the fastest way through. You want to know how to get there the fastest? It's not through a webinar. It's not through a course. It's not through a coach. It is through failing your way there because at least it's process of elimination. I don't know if anybody else took quizzes that way in high school, but that was me. I was like, I don't know the right answer, but I know it's not this one, right? So that's kind of basically how I've gotten to where I am now. And I feel like sometimes that makes me feel like an imposter. And I just want to talk about this a little bit because I feel like so many entrepreneurs feel like imposters. And it was hitting me really hard the other day. And then I just, I I kind of like started to think about it in a different mindset. And I thought, you know what, if I'm always trying to grow into the best version of myself, that means that I'm always attempting to change my habits. I'm always attempting to be a better version of myself. And that better version of myself is not me yet. So of course I'm going to feel like an imposter because that's not my reality yet. And so trying to be that reality, you're going to feel foreign. You're going to feel like you don't deserve to be there yet, but you're working towards it every day. And if you've gotten to the space that you're in now and you're like, holy crap, it's only a matter of time before they realize I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just going to tell you right now, nobody does. I have no clue what I'm doing half the time, like ever. And that's what most people will tell you. The most successful people will tell you. They're like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing all the time. And, you know, that's like the grace that we should be carrying throughout our entire journey. We can't choose to only have purpose the day that we decide to, you know, we're changing our worlds and we're going to go after our big giant dreams. You can't just find purpose in that day and then the day you reach there. You have to find purpose daily. And I know you've heard it before, the whole like you've got to find joy in the journey. And it sounds cliche at this point, but I'm here for the cliches. I'm not sad. I'm not going to hate on them. They're here for a reason, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're focused on identity. We're focused on our why. We've created this game plan. That's awesome. So maybe you've created this game plan and you said, okay, I don't need to know all the steps, but maybe if I can just pick the first three, because honestly, even if you map out all the way to 20, by the time you get to seven, a wrench is going to get thrown in the plans and things are going to get messed up anyways. And you're going to have to pivot. So don't even waste your time trying to get every single step. Just focus on where you're at right now. What can you do right now? And then take that step forward. But that's the next part where people get stuck as they say, okay, I've moved past this like analysis paralysis, but now I'm like so scared that I'm going to fail. And when I was leaving my nine to five job, I didn't have like a super healthy relationship with that job. And I was going to counseling and I texted my counselor and I was like, help, I need an emergency session. I'm giving my two weeks notice and I'm so terrified. And it wasn't so much that I was terrified that I was going to fail. It was more so that I was just scared to have the conversation. I was scared to make it real. And I remember her telling me, if you never take a leap of faith, you're never allowing God to move in faith. And if you're not faith-based, you can just replace that with, if you never take a leap of faith, you're never allowing your gifts 
to actually work, right? Like you're never actually mm-hmm. seeing the full depth of what you are created for. And right now, as we're recording this, we're in the midst of this whole COVID-19, Corona, everything. And what I keep telling people is, yes, this is so out of our control. And I think for me, it's like, this is my time to shine because I went through the whole, like everything's out of control a few years ago and I had to do this alone. And now the whole world's in this. <laughs> and if there's never been a better time to actually go after the things you want, look at all the people who are on TikTok right now because people don't care because we're all looking for something new. We're all taking this leap of faith. And so it's almost easier right now, but you have to take the leap of faith or you're never seeing what you're actually created for. And I think that the people who are going to thrive after this, once this is all passed, are the people who weren't scared to take the leap of faith or were scared and did it anyways. And so the last thing that I have found to be the most important when it comes to playing the long game, and it goes back to all of this, is community. And a lot of times we think that we can't share that because they'll know that I'm not really on top of my game or they'll know that I'm not getting as many clients as it looks like I am or all these different things that we tell ourselves. And when you can just break down those walls and actually connect people, that is what has helped me so, so much. Not only because the more you connect with people, the more you get business, but also on an emotional level. I mean, I don't know about you, Tiana, but my best friend group and my family legit have no clue what I do. And it doesn't matter how many times I explain it to them. They just don't get it because they're not, they don't want to be entrepreneurs and they don't understand like why I'm on social media so much. And they don't understand how that's my job and things like that. And, you know, even my husband, like he tries to get it, but he's not going to fully understand it the way that if you you and I were talking, um, you know, like I'll try to bring up Pinterest marketing or, you know, Instagram story strategy. And my friends just look at me like a deer in the headlights because they're like, what the <laughs> heck does that even mean? But you get it to a level way deeper than, you know, my friends or my family. And to have that to be seen and heard and known that you are not alone and that you are met at this level. And now you have someone to grab you by the hand and say, hey, I know you're stuck here. Here's how I got through this. Hey, I'm stuck here. How did you get through this? That community element is so incredibly powerful. And that's why I wanted to do in-person events because there is nothing like, I don't know. Did you ever go to like summer camp growing up? I went to summer day camp. Yep. Okay. So did you ever like feel like at the beginning, like everyone's like kind of trying to feel each other out, but by the end, like everyone's best friends and they got the BFF bracelets and like, you're like, how could, how were we never best friends in the first place kind of thing? Absolutely. I remember specifically like always hating walking in the first day because you're right. Everybody just kind of like, st- you know, uh, in like high school dances when everybody stands on opposite yeah. sides of the auditorium, <laughs> that feeling. It's yes. That feeling exactly. Yeah. And then by the end, because they've played so many of those really good songs, breaking it back to like Soldier Boy and such, which, you know, whatever, given my age here. <laughs> everyone's into it and they're so excited and they're like, we're the best friends that ever were. That's what I wanted to bring in person. I wanted everyone to realize that, hey, we all feel alone all the time because a lot of us are working from home by ourselves all day long and the only connection we get is really online. And so my main goal for the conference that I threw last year was you may have come here alone, but you will not leave feeling like you did in the first place. You will feel like you had come here with an entire sorority, which I was never in a sorority because I dropped out of college and also never joined one in the first place. But I did speak at a sorority one time and they did accept me as their honorary sister. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. 
Tide Pod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So I think we could all do with a little deeper context, just in terms of, I always like to play devil's advocate. I'm going to put Yeah, go for it. So when we're talking about really playing the long game, and like you said, the identity, uh, tapping into your why, creating your game plan, being willing to take a leap of faith, and at the end of the day, rooting yourself in your community. I'm curious, though, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing new entrepreneurs or even seasoned entrepreneurs, quite frankly, making when it comes to not really playing the long game? 100% I think that it's comparison and I say that because I fell into it so many times and still will catch myself sometimes and it's fun or like self-doubt right like there's there's a couple of different things that are coming to mind right now but I have a friend named Elise Hodge and she has an incredible community called She Is Light. She is such a brilliant copywriter and I will brag on her all day long also because she's Australian and I have a weird obsession with Australia. Like it's it's kind of creepy at this point. But <laughs> maybe a year and a half ago, we decided that we would chat once a week. We would do a video chat and check in with each other and kind of like mastermind, help each other. But it was just us two. And we've gotten to the point now where we're in literally constant communication, just voice memoing each other back and forth. And we got to this point where we were like, I don't even remember who said it first, but we were kind of explaining like where our struggle is and how we have to focus on like the big picture and all of that. And someone said long game. And so now this has kind of been this running thing with us is when one of us says like, oh man, I just don't know if anybody's going to buy it, right? Like I just created a course. I'm so nervous. Like I put all this work into it. I don't know if anybody's even going to buy it, whatever. Like what if they don't think it's good enough? What if they don't think I'm an expert? What if they don't think all these fears, right? And I'll just like spew it on her and, and she'll do the same for me. And we'll just reply with long game. Like we're playing the long game. And it's just that like that trigger of saying like, hey, get your head in the game. Like you cannot let that distract you. You are on a bigger mission here. And just having that one key word, it's like it snaps you right back into place to say, oh, you're right. Like I don't have time to compare myself to somebody who's 10 years ahead of me. I don't have time to even compare myself to somebody who's in the same exact boat as me. I don't have time to doubt myself. We are on a very important mission with what we're doing. And I know that you are, if you're listening to this, because you are wanting to make an impact, like you wouldn't listen to this otherwise. And so you can't let those things hold you back. And so for me, I always got stuck in comparison. And it was like so unfair to Tiana. Like I would compare myself to like Jenna Kutcher, Rachel Hollis, or um, Jordan Lee Dooley. Like these people who have been doing this for years and I would see them have like another giant success. And at first I would think, oh gosh, like quit stealing all the like firsts, like quit being the first to do that and stealing all these things and like save something for me. And that like, now I cringe because I'm showing like this ugly part of my heart that I had at first. And it was just so crazy to think that I even thought about that, that I ever thought that because she did it, like it's already been done because now it is so ingrained in me that if she did it, so can I, like if she figured it out, absolutely I can figure it out. I am resourceful. I I am smart. I am intelligent. I am creative. And if you're listening to this and you struggle with saying that to yourself about yourself, I want you to get in the habit of doing it every single day. And yes, you will feel stupid at first. I mean, go back to like 
the beginning of whenever I was saying like, yeah, I'm good at it. And I got awkward at first because as women, we feel awkward a lot of times to own up to what we're good at. And that's crazy. Like, that's so dumb. We cannot do that. And so like, if you were in front of me and you were like trying to be bashful about what you're good at, I'd be like, don't be stupid. Like, I love you so much. And I'm saying that with so much love, but do not be stupid. You are so brilliant (laughs) and so beautiful and so resourceful and so resilient. Oh my gosh. I wish people would realize how freaking resilient they are because every one of us is resilient. Every one of us has been through something so incredibly hard for our own lives. Maybe my heart isn't as hard as yours, or maybe yours isn't as hard as mine or whatever, but it doesn't matter because your heart was hard for you and you figured out a way to get through it, which makes you building up that resiliency. And if you have done it once, you can do it again. And so something that I did at that first conference was she had us, um, I think there was like a two minute timer or something. And she had us write down a letter from our tenacity. And it was every single thing that we had ever done, ever accomplished, whether it was graduating to third grade or not flipping off somebody who cut you off in traffic or pushing a baby out of your body, which I have not done yet. And I'm kind of terrified. We just wrote it all out. By the end of it, everyone was in tears because we were like, oh my gosh, like we have done so much. And all we tend to focus on is what we can't do. And we never look at the actual proof that we can because of what we've already done. And you know, your body will default to what you've done before. And you've done so much more than you think, but you get so in your head. Oh, it is so easy to get in your head. And I just wanted to not commiserate is not the word, but really identify with what you said, because I will say I am one of the, I guess I'll say lucky, I don't know, but I'm one of the entrepreneurs where there's not actually a lot of people who do what I do. And for Mm -hmm. a long time, I couldn't find a single friend who did what I did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even being in that kind of minority in terms of working with teams and leaders for entrepreneurs, as soon as I started meeting other people and getting exposed to other people, just as I dived deeper and deeper into community, dude, that comparison syndrome reared its ugly head so quickly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And. I just remember one day I very much just had to check myself and I think I felt very similar to you. Just, I didn't like not only how it felt, I knew that that wasn't the way I wanted my heart to be. Like I knew that I wanted to have a heart for other people's success and not to try to, you know, compare myself and proverbially like beat them or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's room for all of us. So a freaking men to what you just said. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there really is room for all of us. And I know that that's a lot of people will say like, there's only room for one at the top. And I'm like, well, your table sucks because our table has way more chairs and we're all allowed. (laughs) And because here's the thing, like you and I can do the exact same thing, but we have totally different stories, totally different personalities. And Mm -hmm. people are going to resonate with you that aren't going to resonate with me and vice versa. And so it's like, even if we did have similar personality, there's still micro things about us that make us us that, you know, for instance, you could have taken like Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher both offer email marketing courses that probably teach pretty much the same thing. But it's like, who do you resonate with more? Who do you trust more to lead you? Because you feel like they understand you and you feel like they've, that you see themselves, you see yourself in their story. So it's like, it's like this limited mindset that we have towards the fact that we are so much more powerful and capable than we give ourselves credit for. Absolutely. So I am curious, just around somebody who is realizing 
maybe for the first time, maybe the, maybe if you're listening right now, you're just now admitting to yourself, dude, I have not been playing the long game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what <clears throat> advice would you give for somebody to kind of, I don't know, even self-audit or evaluate or just like get started shifting that mentality? For me, what has helped always as a kid was to write things out. And I know some people aren't journalers, some people are more talkers, or some people, um, you know, it's like one or the other for a lot of times, but I don't want people to keep it in their heads. A lot of people are really deep thinkers, and they'll just kind of spiral. For me, if I don't get it out of my head, it's like, it's just so much chaos in there. And I remember even as a kid, like I used to journal out my feelings and I would get so scared. It's it's ironic that my podcast is called The Fearless Chase because I've been such a weenie my whole life um, in the <laughs> sense that like I would get into a fight with my parents and I never say the, the word hate anymore as an adult. But like as a kid, I'd write down like, I hate my mom. Like she's so mean, blah, blah, blah. And then I would like feel bad and I'd get scared. Like what if I die tomorrow? And then she found this piece of paper and she thought this is what she really thought about me this whole time. Like I think way too deep on things sometimes. And so I'd shred it up. But this is not one of these that you need to shred up. Have no worries. I doubt anyone's going to find this. But I want you to journal out the things that we talked about. Journal out who you really are. Like, really. Like, have you ever actually asked yourself that? Like, I did that again as another process um, whenever I was really struggling with imposter syndrome the other day. And I just journaled out, like, who am I at my core? What do I believe in? What am I good at? What do I not give myself credit for? Where do I struggle? Where do I want to be? What about what do I want to be known as? Basically, just like this entire like, <laughs> like first date with yourself almost of like, really, who are you at your core and start to figure out what your why is. If you don't know where to start, like, I want you to just like, whatever your answer is, keep asking yourself why. And I know that this was something that we learned in KBB is like this seven layers deep of why it's like, okay, well, why do you want that? Or why do you want this? And I remember my counselor when I was in that emergency session to leave my job, she was like, well, what's the worst thing about that? And then I would tell her and then it would be another, what's the worst thing about that? And it like boiled, it started with like, I'm scared that she'll be mad at me. And then it boiled all the way down to, I'm scared that my life will not matter. Like, holy smokes, that's freaking deep. And I did not expect that to come from, I'm scared she's going to be mad at me. So I really want you to press into that. Um, Creating a game plan, it's the same. Just think of ideas and give yourself the freaking grace to be a beginner. Because even if, it, it doesn't matter if you're an intern or a CEO, if you want to grow, you're going to have to be a beginner again, which means you're going to fail again, which is like, just kiss your pride goodbye at this point. Like, just. I mean, definitely be proud of yourself, but like you cannot let that get in your way. Um, and as far as like taking a leap of faith, maybe have an accountability partner, which plays into this community element. Have somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Whenever I have these chats with Elise, like we tell each other what we're focused on. And then the next week she is going to follow up with me and say, hey, did you do this? And gosh, it sucks when I'm like, oh, no, I didn't because I got distracted on Instagram or whatever, right? Like I watched too many TikTok videos and all of a sudden an hour went by, like, <laughs> And Tiana's are so cute. And I'm like, how can I be cool like her? (laughs) So I would say to start with just getting by yourself and journaling. And I know that if you're really extroverted, and maybe this is just me, and maybe I'm just going to out myself as the weirdo right now, but I'm so extroverted that I am always around other people. And so sometimes to be with myself is kind of hard. And I'm like, oh, I'm just by myself. And I've got to like figure out who actually am I when I'm not around other people, when I'm not quote unquote, like trying to perform or trying to be the funny one or trying to be the energetic or trying to lift the mood or what, who am I and what do I actually need? I think that that's a really good place to start. 
ironically, and I don't know if I'm speaking for all the introverts in the world, but I suppose we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I, you just like sparked something in me because I realized that if I'm thinking about my own long game, instead of focusing so internally, I probably need to put more focus on the community element just for myself personally, because yeah. I am so introverted and I like I can really just read all the books, read all the research, <laughs> put my head down and like pump out content. That is my safe space, actually. Yeah. So really diving into community, like when I think about the long game, that's the piece that is the most uncomfortable for me. And that's mm-hmm. the piece that I think I would put the most focus on. So I think it's actually interesting now that you say it, that, you know, the the part of this process that you have to focus on could differ from person to person, just depending on where you're at. 100%. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. All righty. So first of all, all the tips, all the tips, all the insight, just magical, Madison, seriously. <laughs> So thank you, because I honestly, like, I'm going to sit down and journal about myself probably tonight, or maybe I'll just talk to Darius about it over a glass There of you wine. go. There you go. That sounds like a fun time. Wine and you know what? And introspection. I, that sounds good. Yes. And I also <laughs> want to point out, like, I think it's really interesting, too. Like, my mind is just kind of catching up, really sinking in what you said about, like, there are different elements that we are going to focus on out of these five, depending on where you're at. But it's so funny because as an extrovert, I was way more nervous to put out a course that I had to do by myself and not see anybody yet than I was to throw a full on conference. So (laughs) it's really, really interesting. And I'm curious to see like, if you're listening to this and you're like identifying with one of these more than the other of like, you know, this is where you really need to lean into, send us a DM because I'm really curious to see. Oh, heck yeah. Seriously, guys, I could make a course all day, do all the podcast episodes, do all the the solo episodes, mind you. Oh, God, those make me cringe. I hate doing those. (laughs) And everyone's like, please do more solo episodes. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I will. But like, just watch my Instagram stories. That's it's fairly close. I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm actually pretty good one on one, but I would bet money that the introverts who are listening right now, they would be like, uh, no, I will do the course over the conference all day, every day. Yeah. We, <laughs> secretly, secretly, we would love to do the conference. We just have to, you know, embrace the inner energy that that's going mm-hmm. to take out of us and really decide that it's it's what we need to make happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I love it so much. So can you give us the details? Like, what are you working on right now? What's on your radar? We want to know. Yeah, so so the big thing that we are working on right now is the Fearless Chase Conference, which I am so excited because Tiana is going to be on our mindset panel, and I cannot wait to hear what you have to say of that. Um, it's where personal growth and self-care meet creativity and business. This is really geared towards female millennial creative entrepreneurs and how can we holistically serve you the best way possible so that you can live with purpose and love your work and make a giant impact in the world. So that's what we're really focused on right now. (laughs) That's smart. All right. Well, first of all, I am so excited for the conference. So yes, everybody, please stay tuned for that. And I just think, honestly, Madison, everything you're working on is just magic. So can you tell the people, the people want to know, where can they find you? What's the website? What's the Instagram? If you're advertising your TikTok, I happen to love it. So tell them that too. 
Oh, girl, you know I'm here for the people, especially since I am isolated right now. I am like Little Mermaid, hardcore. I want to be where the people are. Like, oh, so yes, let's freaking connect. I am at Madison Bailey Anaya on Instagram, the Fearless Chase podcast. I honestly don't know what my TikTok video is. I think it's Madison Bailey Anaya probably. I just downloaded it because I was like, you know what? We need to bring some positivity and joy and laughter into this world as you watch me try to do these dances that, again, do not look as cool as Tiana's. But if you want to have a good laugh, join in on over there. <laughs> I'm telling you, my friend the other day, we were, uh, you know, that there's a savage dance going around right oh, now, right? Oh, yeah. Girl, it, don't even. I know oh, I've tried. I know. Oh, my God. It's, it's <laughs> And also, okay, have you been getting all these TikTok songs stuck in your head? Like you're like doing laundry and you're like, yes. I'm a savage, right? Like all these different yeah. ones are like popping in your head. I'm like, this is a problem. All day, every day. I look like someone's aunt when I try to do it, but it's okay. It'll probably get posted. <laughs> we'll work it out. I don't really That's care. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here today. Like this was honestly just such a breath of fresh air, even amidst everything going on right now. So sincerely thank you we enjoyed it oh thank you so much for having me on i super appreciate it <laughs>